I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible and it starts with you. Get out your field notes and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. Hey, welcome back again. And this is Marlo Higgins. This is the 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast. Now on our podcast, as you know, we talk about what it means to truly have it all in your terms. And then we help you do it that way by the different experts that we bring on our episodes. Now, Greg Faxon is the episode that you're going to be listening to today. Now, Greg is one of my really good friends. He is a coach and a mentor himself. And during this episode, he shares the key lessons that you need to know in order to successfully market in today's uncertain times. Now, Greg has a really unique approach to things. And Greg, as a coach, tends to look more through a marketing arm. And sometimes entrepreneurs, we have you know a full-bodied approach to what we do. So during this conversation, we discuss what staying consistent with your messaging does to solving immediate problems versus kind of being this preventative, creating an offer that you know fosters urgency and the benefit of living out the results of your offer. And so it's a really rich episode. Thank you for being here today. Again, once you listen to it and it resonates, please share it with your friends because that helps us reach and serve more people. And that's really the reason why we created this podcast to serve our audience and others. So listen in, enjoy your episode with Greg Faxon, and we'll catch you again next week. Now, Greg Faxon has actually been a podcast guest of ours previously, and we're going to also put that in our our show notes. But early on in the early stages of of coaching, you know, Greg was one of those go-to experts that I've always found a lot of synergy and alignment with. And so it was a really valued piece in today's times to have this conversation with Greg, bring him back to our audience and to share. And so just to give you a better understanding, not only is Greg Faxon a good friend of ours, but, you know, he's the only business coach that provides honest sales and marketing training specifically for coaches. I mean, right there. And and I think because your integrity is so great, Greg, that is a first class thing is as why we have you as a guest, because we do know that you are honest and you know how to, to train. So you know specifically how to help clients increase their income without sacrificing their integrity. And integrity is everything, right? So welcome. Thanks, Marla. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, as we are in this recording phase, and as everybody knows, you know, the pandemic is top of mind, right? I think we're going into week nine as we go through, you know, working with, with businesses. And, and I would really love to get your take, Greg, as a coach. You know, what are you witnessing right now during this time? And, and what is that message that you have to share that you know is so valuable that people need to hear right now? So as you know, it's it's not the situations that happy, happen to us that make a difference. It's our response to them. And this is a prime example of we have something going on with the markets, the economy, people's health, and CEOs, coaches, business owners are going to have different responses to those things. 
And the two most common responses, number one will either be to uh, get very conservative and depending on your mindset, maybe even feel like we shouldn't be selling right now. We shouldn't be promoting. Uh, we should turtle up a bit. We don't want to have people buy things that aren't going to be helpful for them. And then the other extreme is like, let's take advantage of this. Let's make every everything we talk about is always related to COVID because that's what people on people's minds. Let's Let's use the fear and discomfort they have to sell more of our stuff. And that's not really great either, right? So there's a third option, and that's using this as an opportunity to grow as a business owner. And what I would love is for the people listening to this, when they're six months out, 12 months out, to look back at this time and say, man, this that was the time, like when that pandemic hit and we really got deep into it, like that was the time where I really leveled up. And that was the thing that ultimately made my business. And now I have this life and this vehicle for my finances that, um, that came from that push. You know, sometimes people will say the only real change once you pass like age 25 and you're an adult, the only reasons people really change is a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. It's something that happens where we make meaning of that event. And you can intentionally, sometimes trauma happens and you're, you're young and you make whatever meaning you make of it and have to deal with it later. But as you're an adult, sometimes you get to frame what something means. So the, the biggest thing that I want to share just as where we're starting off from a mindset point of view is um, what do you want to make this event mean for you as a business owner? And I would encourage you to make it something that's growth oriented, that can actually lead you to improving the gaps that this is revealing. The fact that maybe you didn't have strong systems in place or you're relying on referrals, you didn't have a good lead generation system, and that's drying up. So uh, use that as an opportunity to improve those systems. Now, too, and, and this I know about you and, and anybody who knows Greg Faxon, you know, you've got that champion's mindset. You say double down. I mean, why do you see it? Like you just have that ferocious mindset as a champion. It's just like just double down. Why would you recommend we double down right now as coaches? When you have adversity, the only mindset that actually really works is to be on the offensive. You know what I mean? It's, it's the only thing that actually gets you uh, in a place where you can get through something. And it's like if, you, if you're an athlete and you have an injury, like the best thing that you can do is like use that to drive. You'd be like, all right, my leg, like I tore my meniscus a bunch of times when I was a wrestler. And I was like, all right, now I'm going to use that as an opportunity to like learn strength training and get stronger. So I'm not the weakest person in my weight class. So like, I'm going to actually use this to develop a capacity. And that's, I think, how we're wired as human beings is when we, when, when our systems get like, okay, there's a goal here, we're moving forward. That's even more important in times of adversity. So that's why I'd recommend doubling down. I mean, the other reason is, fr- frankly, like if you don't double down and you're in the wrong industry, you just probably not going to be around that long. So um, if your mission is important, if there's a reason why you started the business, which there, I mean, there always is for everyone, you don't really have a choice. There's no real such thing as st- like maintenance right now. You're, people are either going to be growing or their the business is going to be shrinking. I agree. Yeah. What's your long game vision for what's, um, you know, what you see coming for not only our industry in the coaching arena, but for businesses? Like what, what types of conversations are you having? What, what are you hearing? I obviously can't predict exactly how this is going to affect the coaching industry, but I do have some guesses, which I can share. 
it's interesting. My wife and I are searching for a house right now. We recently moved to Vermont and we're renting and we're looking, you know, at purchasing a house. And we were wondering how is it going to affect the housing market, everything that's going on. And actually like it's the housing market is very strong right now because the buyers have dropped, but inventories also dropped. So sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. But I think that's a good example of when what you offer is core it solves a core problem or need, it's much less likely to be affected by a pandemic or an economic downturn. And so one of the things that I'm working with clients on is I call it selling surgery, not prevention. You want your offer to be surgery, not prevention. An example is like, you know, you know, I have a a fitness business as well. Like like an example of an offer that would be prevention would be a, a busy professional who wants to have some more healthy habits, wants to be more consistent at getting to the gym. Maybe they have a personal trainer, but they know they're not super motivated to go on their own. So they just want to develop that consistency. So later on down the road, they don't end up, you know, out of shape, right? That's prevention. That's going to be hard to charge high prices for, especially as the economy goes down. Something like surgery is, I'm thinking of a client I worked with Emmett, who like he was his heaviest weight he'd ever been for his sister's wedding. He keeps trying to lose weight, goes back up. Um, he has his brother's wedding in three months and he wants to lose 30 pounds so he fits into a tux and then just make it so that he never goes back to that old weight. Like that, and like if you hate how you look naked and you need to be in shape for your brother's wedding, that's surgery, right? There's like a bleeding neck issue there that we have to fix. So the more that your offer as a coach or consultant is on the surgery side of the spectrum, the less it's going to be affected by COVID, anything else that's going on. And even when we get out of this, surgery still is going to sell better. And it's why surgeons make more money than general practitioners. And so you can argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, or maybe people should be more prevention oriented. And that's fine. But like, as Jim Rohn would say, like, I wouldn't take that class. Like, it's not worth thinking about or studying why people don't buy prevention. Like, it just is what it is. So as you look at your offers and the lines of your business, I would strongly encourage you to say, like, is this more like surgery? Or is it more like prevention, especially if you sell a high ticket service? Because surgery is the one that's not only going to survive through these times, but sometimes those offers can even do better. Like we've seen our business grow because ultimately I can help people get clients and create consistent cash flow. So in an uncertain time, like they almost, you almost can't afford not to do that. So sometimes you even can get a situation where in a recession, that business does better. Um, and that's just a, it's just a matter of positioning. It doesn't mean you have to change your entire business or radically what you do is look at what your offers are and figure out what those tweaks you need to make are. Okay. So take somebody who is acting, you know, like the, the doctor and they would love to be a surgeon. So you're describing, you know, that, that niche marketing, right? Like really knowing that you and bringing it forward, like you're an essential worker, you're, you have an essential product. This isn't just something that you think you need to have, but you got to have it. It's, yeah. it's foolproof. How do you help somebody cross that gap or, you know, close that gap? Yeah. So, so typically what people get hung up on is like the actual thing that they teach people, you know, so for me, it could be getting hung up on like marketing or having a good sales process. Like that's the actual thing that I teach people. But you can position that in many different ways. So getting clear on who it is that would be willing and able to invest in that type of offer, what specifically is the problem that is most valuable to them to solve, it's most urgent, it's most painful 
right? And then how are you different from the other people? That's more of just differentiation. How are you different from the other people who are solving the same problem? I'm happy to go through examples and and stuff like that. But that's really what it is getting clear on the who, the what and the how and getting more specific, as you say. Okay. So as people, you know, like you said, when we were first chatting, you know, a lot of people think that they can just jump into this space, right? And that they can, that they can be these experts or thought leaders, but it takes, it takes a level of, of time and energy and expertise to get there. Give us your insight with that. I mean, like, you know, as you mentioned, maybe there's more people who are going to want to take their, you know, their knowledge and say, Hey, I want to be a coach. Give us, you know, give us your take on that, Greg. So there's a, you know, I'm outlining a new training for people and it's it actually one of the, one of my rules for high ticket coaching is self-surgery, not prevention. So we've covered one of them. The other one is live the result, always live the result. And so the reason why a lot of people and a lot of coaches or consultants are broke is because they're not really congruent with the thing that they're offering. You know, it's like, if you're a fitness coach and you're 20 pounds overweight, like that's not going to work. And sometimes people feel like that's a mindset issue. Like, oh, I have some self-doubt or I have imposter syndrome and I need to do a mindset tweak. It's really not a mindset issue sometimes. It's just, you're not congruent with what you teach or the result that your potential clients want. And look, if you're going to be a plumber, I don't care how you live your life. You, I just need you to fix my sink. But if you're going to be a coach or a consultant or a mentor or in this expert space, you better damn well be congruent not necessarily in every area of your life, but in the one you're helping me with, I want you to embody the identity that I want. At the end of the day, that's the most powerful thing that you can do to have a client hire you is them feeling confident, them feeling certain because you have confidence and certainty. And that doesn't come from doing affirmations or writing down your goals. That comes from having your own rules in that area of life and actually having the discipline of practicing that every day. Right. And so I think that one reason or one thing that people have to watch out for when they come into this space is, are you really congruent with the thing that you're saying you're helping people with? Or is there a gap there? And that doesn't mean you need to be perfect every single day, you know, but if there's, for example, you know, I have a client and one of her big things is work-life balance. So she's, she works with business owners and wants to help them make sure they spend more time with their kids, their moms specifically. And so one of her whole platforms is work-life balance. And we started working together. Uh, One of the things that was happening was she was working to 8 p.m. some days. And so that's that's a gap. So like, it's okay if that happens one time every once in a while. Again, we're all human. But if that keeps happening, we're incongruent now. So it's gonna be really hard to market and sell yourself if you don't have that congruence. And so that's really the other rule. That's one of my rules is live the result always if you want to be in this space. Well, yeah, it goes back to, you know, walk the talk. I mean, you can't just be saying it, you've got to be doing it, but that's the level of integrity, right? I mean, doing what you said you're going to do and just being and having integrity and people pick up on that so fast. They know an authentic person that has integrity versus somebody who's just trying to be a flash in the pan, sell them something, promise them everything right? But it's folks like you that know, you know, how you've created programs in your position through your level of experience and actually doing it for yourself. And that's all you've done is take what you've done for others and you just package it in a way because you know it works. You've you've done it, you've tested it, and now you ask others to do it. That's the biggest form of expert leadership. 
one of the things you have to watch out for is that oftentimes coaches want to teach things that they just very recently accomplished. And I actually get that. That's very natural to want to pass on uh, what you're learning as you're doing it. Because sometimes the things that we're great at, we're almost, we're so far past that journey that it's almost not exciting to us anymore. But you have to watch out for that. You have to watch out for how close are you cutting it. So like if you just built a business and you're going to help other people build a business, that's okay. But you better be clear about what phase you're promising, right? So maybe if you've gotten started successfully and you know how to get your first 10 clients, I'm fine with you're congruent with that. You can teach that and that may actually be great and exciting for you. Um, but you're not helping people build a million dollar business at that point. And so, you know, making sure that you're actually going enough steps back with the things that you're teaching. Okay. So here's another question I have for you, Greg, you talk about high ticket offerings. Do you recommend that people put those on their website? You know, so for like businesses and, and people that are vetting out coaches, what is your stance on pricing and sharing it on a website and saying, this is what my course offering is and this is the price? I'm talking about like that sales component. Sure. My short answer is no. Don't list your prices on your website. And here's why. This is the longer version. And there's a few different reasons. Number one, it comes down to how much friction do you want in the sale? So there's a spectrum here. Uh, total friction would be the person has to fly to your home, fill out 10 applications. They know your price is up front. They have to submit all this stuff to become a client. And it's like the hardest process ever, right? And minimal friction is like the person just has a link to your calendar type of thing, right? So we need to figure out where to be on that spectrum. Part of it has to do with the type of business that you want to build, but it also has to do with what does your lead flow look like? So if you have, like at this point with gregpaxon.com, like we have pretty consistent applications and leads coming in. So we actually have a process where like my assistant knows here's what we're looking for and the answers. And we just have the data of like these people aren't ready or they don't convert, or they're not a good fit. So she screens those people out and she sends them to a free training or whatever it is, right? So my time on the call is maximized. Obviously the, the conversion rate is higher and stuff when we do that. But when I was just starting out, you don't have a lot of applications to screen. So the reality is that the more you screen, the more friction you have, you're losing people who might actually have become great clients. And this is where, this is where you got to watch out for prices on your website, because the whole point of an enrollment conversation is to help create that gap and reveal that gap of where the person is, what it's costing them to be there, where they want to go, and all the benefits of that. And if they already understood that, we wouldn't ever need to have enrollment conversations with people. But the reality is, um, if a surgeon lists his prices on his website, but I think that I just have a sprained wrist, right? And it turns out I have something I need surgery on. I don't know how to value that. So that's actually why I need a trusted advisor to hop on a call with. And so in my opinion, putting prices on the website is too much friction. It's actually the wrong type of friction because it assumes that our potential clients understand what it's costing them each day and each week to not get the problems fixed. But they may actually not have an understanding of the problems and the impacts the way that we do. And so for that reason, 
I have ways that I screen clients, but listing my prices isn't one of them. One of the things that we sometimes do is if we screen an application, um, one way that we sometimes screen is say, hey, I'm on the fence based on your application, just so you know, my program start at this, at this rate. Is that something that would work for you? So for some people, that's a way that we filter them out after the fact. But no, I don't, I don't recommend listing your prices on your website because it's almost like I don't know what you need yet. You know, we haven't talked. So unless you're like a commodity, if you're really going to be a high ticket coach or consultant, you need to come in with that diagnostician's mindset. See, and this is why you provide that honest sales and marketing training. You are the full-bodied essence of what you talk about. Just right there in the way you describe that, I think is highly valuable. So anybody's listening to this episode is really getting a, a really clear understanding of how you position things, your mindset around it, your approach to it. Okay, so you wrote the book, Don't Let the Fear Win and How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Grow Your Business Fast. Talk to us a little bit about that. Give us some insight into the book and who does that book serve, Greg? So the book is focused on entrepreneurs who have started a business and they've gotten some initial traction, but they notice that they're sort of hitting that invisible ceiling or they have some months that are good and then other months are sort of on that revenue roller coaster. And it really focuses on the inner game portion of business, meaning not the external strategies and tactics, but um, your your mindset, your internal performance. So in that way, there sometimes there's just you just need a different strategy. You just have the wrong model completely, and right that's obviously why I help clients with strategy as well. But in this book, I wanted to focus on how we just like the subtitle says, how we get in our own way at times with business. One of the biggest uh, takeaways that people tend to have from the book is this concept of creative avoidance. We may have talked a bit about it in the last interview, but one of the things you have to watch out for as an entrepreneur is getting distracted by things that are peripheral to what actually affects the bottom line of the business. And that's often because the things that make the biggest impact in your business, whether it's marketing, sales, those, those tend to be a little bit scarier, a little bit more uncomfortable when we're actually leading into them. So there's lots of different ways we can distract ourselves, creating little processes that solving problems we haven't even had yet in the business, working on branding and stuff like that, where you have to earn the right to do that stuff. And the way you earn the right is making sure that you're getting sales in. And so one of the biggest things people creatively avoid is just focusing on that pipeline, paying attention to that pipeline. And if you're a high ticket coach or consultant, at the end of the day, all I really care about is how many offers are you making a week? How many offers are you making on a call each week? Because so that, that dictates how many applications you that come in. Are they the right people? Right. But if I'm not making offers, you know, I've made no offers this week, last week, the week before, like that's why the business isn't growing. And so your job as a CEO, uh, even as you have people underneath you helping with different areas of the business, your job is to keep the business healthy and to pay attention to cash and profit. And uh, you got to watch out for the things that take you away from that because they're seductive, because they feel comfortable. Totally agree with you. You know, and as you described that shiny penny syndrome, right? And there's all these other things, all these other distractions that seem a lot more sexy to do and to focus on instead of like really getting down to the nuts and bolts. When it comes down to your coaching brand, give us your, your take on what you should focus on. Yeah. So what I have my clients track each week, like I said, are things like, you know, offers made and their conversion rate and things like that. I want to make sure they're in conversation 
with people who are able to buy from them. However, there's different things you need to do to get to that point, right? So when we talk about attraction strategies, client attraction strategies, how do you just get awareness from more people so that they can get onto your calendar? That's important as well. And what you have to watch out for is doing too much. And so there's, there's sort of a couple components that we can dive into. One is your coaching archetype. which We can talk a bit about that. Like what is the best way for any given person to actually attract clients? And the other is what you're actually selling. So these are two separate things and things like live events, uh, selling low-end courses and things like that. I've basically done it all. And I can tell you that the times that it's been most profitable is when I focused on a high-end offer, one thing that I can stand confident behind, maybe an upsell from there, a higher tier piece, and just driving conversations with people for that offer. Obviously, I have courses and I've done live events and those are fun. But if you're fundamentally a high-end service provider, then those things will probably be a distraction. So when you talk about marketing strategies and what's higher leverage or lower leverage, the highest leverage stuff is going to be the things that leverage your coaching archetype. And there are three different types of coaches or consultants. The first is a connector. The second is a maven. And the third is a salesperson. And so each has a different set of strengths, each archetype. And based on your archetype, that's going to indicate which strategies you might want to be focused on. So for example, when I get a connector client, these are people who are good at building relationships. They enjoy connecting with other people. And so we're going to have them do things like build referral partnerships, access other people's platforms by building relationships with people who already serve their ideal client, but in a complimentary way. We might have them do an interview podcast. That would be great for a connector. We're probably not going to have that person create really epic long form blog posts like I do where they get found by Google, by their potential clients, because they're, they're going to be isolated that whole time. When they send out the content, they're never going to get any connection from it. So their strategy is to focus on building relationships. So right then, if you know a connector, you can just eliminate 80% of attraction strategies and tactics you could focus on. And what that allows you to do is actually master one or two things. And as your business grows, you might delegate other things if you want to add on channels and strategies. But if we're talking about getting 10, 20, 30K a month as a high ticket coach, like you only need to be doing one or two things. So those are connectors. Mavens are thought leaders. They like ideas. They like teaching. And so for mavens, like I'm a maven. So a lot of what I do is like longer form content. And I really enjoy creating that. And so something like an epic blog post, or I also like teaching on other people's podcasts. Like this is a great thing for a maven to do. And salespeople are very charismatic. So the best thing for a salesperson is either live events or like speaking or just video. If it's online, like doing live video, something where people can be around your energy and your vibe because your charisma is your strength. And so there's lots of tactics that work, but I recommend using your archetype as a way to sort through those so you can really master and get traction with one or two instead of trying something new for a couple of weeks. I don't get clients. I'm going to try something else. And then a year later, you've tried a million different things, but you're kind of mediocre at all of them. The archetype, that's a huge asset. Where can we go and find that great 
gregbaxon.com slash quiz. Okay. It's a catalyst. What you describe really cuts down a lot of the friction and that overthinking. And sometimes when we're so natural, and you know this, we don't see it in ourselves. And so we may think we're one thing, but really in essence, when we can really best understand by taking some type of quiz or assessment that's really fundamental, it cuts the overwhelm, gives you laser focus on saying, hey, just what you mentioned, these are the things that would serve you the best. So very, very powerful. Okay, so as we're coming into the close of our podcast episode, are there any last messages or words that you have, Greg, that you know that you want to share with other people as they're listening to this as we're closing out for the day? One of the things I have to watch out for with the message that I'm trying to spread of doubling down is that Obviously, make sure that you're good and you're safe. You're spending time with your family and focusing on what matters. I'm not a robot where I'm saying you're never going to have days where you just don't feel motivated or stuff's just wacky. Like it's kind of like Groundhog Day right now. Everyone's in their home and it's just like, I don't even really know what day of the week it is. But if you have the ability to focus on your business right now, what else are you really doing right now? You know what I mean? Like when, when Emma and I moved to Vermont last summer, I didn't work on my business that much. Like I was just enjoying the city that we had moved to. Right now, like there's nothing really else going on. So there's going to be a season of your life where you double down on your business and really fix these issues that weren't created by the pandemic in all likelihood. I mean, if you're a restaurant, there were some issues created by the pandemic. But if you're a high ticket coach, consultant, you operate online, problems weren't created by this. They were revealed. So use this as an opportunity to get those handled the coaching archetype is a great place to start. So go to that gregfaxon.com slash quiz. But whatever you see that's coming up uh, is probably a reflection of a place where you need to grow. That's the cool thing about business is it it reveals where we need to develop and who we need to become. And so my encouragement is to stay on that path, you know, stay on that path of growth and enjoy it. Like don't use it as a hassle. Be like, this is cool. This is a way where I can grow and become who I need to be in the business. Such a good message for anybody to hear right now. And, you know, a lot of people are listening to podcasts. I mean, ours is really taken off just because obviously, like you said, people are, you know, we're just watching things differently. Um, we're more on social, we're tapping into podcasts. And so this knowledge that you're sharing, Greg, is just invaluable. As we close out, where can we find you? Give us, you know, the links, where can we connect with you outside of the Um, Honestly, that's like my hub. So that's where everything is. So that's usually where I recommend people start. Obviously, I'm on Facebook. So that would be the second place if you want sort of a more personal way to reach out. Um, if you have any questions, greg at gregfaxon.com also works. If you have, hey, you know, you mentioned this thing with Marlo and I want, uh, I want more clarity on it, I'm happy to answer any questions. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.